And again, welcome back to Sports Day, Adam White and Bryce McGain with you on this Friday night. Now, what we're going to do, Bryce, you love lists. You were talking about this before. (laughs) So we've got uh, Seb Mottram to come in from our SEN digital department to talk about the big, I guess, talking points, the big stories of the year. And we've actually got statistical proof to work out what was the most popular. Um, Pretty much, I think we've got the top 10. Seb, welcome. Thanks, Whitey. Thanks, Bryce. That's pretty much right, isn't it? We've got the top 10 of... Most uh, viewed articles on SEN.com.au? Yeah, so the content that's shaped the narrative of, of, of 2023, really. So we can go 10 to 1, Whitey? Yeah, let's go 10 to 1 because it's also an opportunity to, I guess, reflect back on some of the big stories that were throughout the course of the year. Yeah, that's it. So number 10, Piers Morgan and Stuart Broad. So that hypocrisy surrounding there, that was one of the yarns back in June, July, whenever the Ashes was, Whitey. Yeah. That was, um, yeah, geez, that was... That was that was the time. I was looking back through this earlier today and just to think about how far we've come since then, the fact that it's still playing out is is fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, look, I was lucky enough to be there um, That's right. for that test match. And I've been to three Lords test matches, three Lords Ashes test matches, Bryce. Aren't you, you fortunate? You, well, you've played in a test match. I've been to three Lords test matches. That's like my claim to fame. But usually it's like watching cricket in the library. Um, how quiet it is and, and the, the lack of atmosphere. But to be there for that, and it wasn't just that. There was also the, the catch that wasn't a catch with Mitchell Stark taking one down on the boundary. There was a fair bit of animosity before the incident with Bairstow, I reckon. There's yeah. a fair bit of tension. The crowd was definitely louder than it I've ever seen it at Lords. It did feel like it was peaking up it, to something. Exactly right. Yeah. And that was almost like that was the, the match that just, just lit the lit the fuse and away it went. Yeah. But it was quite remarkable to be there for that. And as you say, Stuart Broad's still talking about it. And I reckon we'll be still talking about it when when England come out to play in the Ashes I next hope, time around. I hope we are. It's it's great to follow and it really gets you involved in the sport. Yeah, definitely. Just like Mitchell Johnson's yarn with David Warner earlier this year. Yeah, but, but there's, there's so many different talking points from that because mm. obviously there's the spirit of cricket angle. Um, we know that Stuart Broad's not going to be playing, obviously, next time the Ashes are around. But also, Bryce, the impact that's had on, on Alex Carey as a, just as a cricketer. Um, I'm still not convinced he's Shaken. the same player he was. Really? No, I don't think he Do you think it's though. knocked his confidence or he's questioning his own values in doing that? No, I don't think he's questioning his values in doing what he did. I think just the negative impact on on people questioning him and his character is something that he hasn't ever had to deal with before. He's never had to deal with anything negative really before. He's pretty perfect, Mr. Perfect. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I think that he's dealing with criticism for the first time in his career. Statistically, you would suggest that he hasn't been the same player as he was since. Yeah. Um, he lost his spot in the World Cup team as well. Obviously, he just played in the recent test match in Perth and batted quite well and, and kept wickets quite well. But even then, we had an incident that was almost a sort of a half incident, non-incident, uh, just in the last test match, which we're, thro- we're still throwing back to that incident, as you said, you know, six months later. It's an interesting perspective because now we're well aware of how savage, I guess, the whole of England can be around a player. Maybe their, their best footballer of all time, David Beckham, yep. was hated by the whole nation. Yep. So I'm sure Alex Carey is feeling that same <laughs> wrath. Right. Um, as uh, and it will continue on until we reload yep. the ashes again. Can't right. wait. Number nine. <laughs> so we've got to be We're sidetracked there. Down here. That's I'll, good. This is good. I'll, I'll keep it moving. So Nick Coffey requesting a trade to the Bulldogs mid-year. Well, Mitch Cleary's report that he was going to move. That's number nine Number nine? Number nine, yeah. So Jeez. a little bit of a niche one. Nick Hoffield. Wouldn't have thought that'd be 109. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Melbourne open to trading Clayton Oliver. 
comes in at number eight. And this was big. This was yeah. really big. And this felt, I reckon, I would have thought had this would be uh, bigger than number eight, but there you go. Yeah. So that was, the, I was actually doing sports day with Adam Cooney through the trade period. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't believe that story. I, me- uh, when, I remember when Cal Twomey and Riley Beveridge dropped it. It was just on trade radio and they dropped it just a, just a, like a last little thing before they signed off. And we were all sitting around Bryce going, hang on, did, did they just say that? Did they just say that it was just so nonchalant and yeah. then it all just blew up from there? Yeah, the, I think the interesting part for me with that whole thing is that why would you give up on one of the best players in the competition? And then we started to hear a bit of context around why, but we still never heard from Melbourne. Well, we didn't hear from Melbourne for two or three days. And so it just, it went uncontrolled for such a long period of time that the more there was silence from Melbourne, the more we all started to think, this is on here. This this this, this could actually be oh, happening. It was a crazy week. A yeah, crazy week to work in you. Because it was the week before the trade period. So That's it was right. The week between... Mm. Grand final and trade. Period. And like you say, it happened across the whole week, Bryce. So that Melbourne let it play out for the whole week until Friday, until putting out a statement, and then which they had to because it was the best and fairest. <laughs> Fascinating. The tension's still there, though. I don't think it's completely resolved. Well, I, I think it's going to be a major talking yeah. point over the next six months. I mean, we've already seen Clayton Oliver come back early from a pre-season camp, and he's clearly got a lot going on in his world. Well, that's it. That wouldn't draw headlines. Uh, what, five, six months ago, no. like it did yep. two days ago. So that's fascinating. Um, number seven, Kane Corns' comments on the West Coast best and fairest. So right. You have to so, remind us about this one. <laughs> I'll pull up the exact quotes. I should have had them up already, Whitey. But uh, So Kane tore absolute strips off West Coast when their top 10 came out. Uh, I'll see if I can get them up here. Uh, best and fairest. But it was... Uh, Actually, I'll come back to those why yeah. because that was that was great content at the time. <laughs> um, I think Kane was on Brecky that time. He just kind of woke up and said, "This is these, these are ridiculous. These numbers," and fair enough to him because West Coast top ten best and fairest did not look good on paper. <laughs> it still doesn't look good. Um, number six, so our fan survey you might have seen Whitey and Bryce was really big for our content. The most disliked teams was our number six most read yarn of right. the year. Melbourne pair set to depart in the trade period. So this is when uh, Tom Morris, I think, broke the news that James Jordan would leave. Yep. So we can see here that like really our content seems to go a fair bit bigger than tapping in other general news. So yep. that's Tom Morris. The exclusive and his other exclusive will come up later. So Kim Dillon, at number four, uh, our SENSA host, declared after round two, this is a bit stiff to Kimbo, that Collingwood wouldn't make the eight. Yeah. Do you still remember, do you remember that one, Whitey? I do remember that one because I wasn't convinced at the start of the year that <laughs> Collingwood would make the eight either. That's right. So, they, but, they beat but I remember him and saying they that. Beat, but yeah. They beat someone else in round two. Yeah, but they were only just winning, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so oh, they no, they, sorry, they smashed Port Adelaide in round two. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so, <laughs> so just on the stats for this one, was that viewed later in the year a lot more? Was it something that was... I wonder. Yeah, I should have like, had that stat hey, ready to go. This is what this guy has <laughs> yeah, right. done. Have this a look is, at this. He said this back in March. What would he know? Yeah, and that's well, after the grand final. <laughs> You've had all your hits then. He got it right last year because he declared Carlton wouldn't make the finals midway through the year when they were playing top four yep. or something like that. So... He saw fit to go again and it didn't quite, <laughs> didn't quite land. Right. Okay. Uh, number three, this one, uh, this one you, you wouldn't guess in a million years either. So father of Jake Waterman speaks out on clubs, disappointing care for son's health. So Jake Waterman's dad came on SENWA earlier in the year. And this was when Waterman was dealing with a nasty stomach infection. So he'd missed a couple of games. And there were some other health concerns going on there. And Jake Waterman's dad went on WA and he was not happy. 
Uh, I'll read out some of the quotes where he is. I would have thought they'd reach out and checked on him. To send him home from Adelaide pretty crook and to find out when he was in hospital on Monday night was the first time they contacted him. It was a bit disappointing. So that's just like another niche one. It's a funny one. It's a headline that you'd read why you'd say, what is going on there? Yeah, interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. All right, next one. Number two, I will never coach again, says John Barker. So this is another niche one over in SA. So Johnny Barker came on and um, a very candid, a very emotional bit of a moving interview. So, of course, he was Carlton's interim coach for and spent a long time at the club. And he said, it's not a job I'd, I'd ever want anyone to take again. It's a pretty pretty um, exhausting process, pretty terrible on your mental health, and he enjoys his life much more out of the media spotlight, which um, is fascinating, yeah, isn't it? He coaches uh, Kerry Grammer in the APS system now. So very different. Much more relaxed. Coaching Carlton. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Any ideas what number one would be? Well, you alluded to it before. It's a Tom Morris story on something. Tom Morris story. Uh, um, Damien Hardwick. Um, <laughs> Damien Hardwick quits Richmond. I remember I was working that Monday night and, um, yeah, getting the first indication from Tom was just, whoa, drop everything else. This is this is go time. This is the story that's going to change the landscape. And this is probably the biggest exclusive story anyone's had in the AFL for some, some, some time, Whitey. No, it was a sensational story from Tom and... And he got duly recognised uh, later on in the year with the Australian Football Media Awards. And um, it's part of the reason why I think that uh, he's on his way to Channel 9, to be honest. I mean, he's always been so good at breaking exclusive stories. He just has a way of doing it. And yep. uh, this one was right near the top because it came totally from left field. No one Out of the blue. No one had even... I mean, sometimes when a story happens, there is smoke before you see the fire, whereas this one, no one was talking about it. So it, it certainly floored everybody until Tom put that up um, on scn.com.au. So with that as number one, Seb, how much, how, how far and away is it above the next biggest story for the year, as uh, in hits-wise? It's about 15% higher than the next story, next okay. high story of the year. So it hasn't blown anything out of the water. There's been a lot of content that's gone very well, but... Uh, a commanding winner, about 10, 15% in front. Okay. So a question without notice, how many stories would you put up in a football season on scn.com.au? hundred, thousands, yeah, thousands, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd guess. Because the overall stats are up quite considerably this year on previous years, aren't they? Well, that's the one. The, the boss wanted me to mention that. So. <laughs> oh, <there laughs> digital digital uh, video views are up 166% year on year at uh, SEN and on across all our socials, which has been... Um, Oh, which has been amazing. So a really big rise up north in SEN League in Sydney and New South Wales, which has been great for the brand. And we're going as strong as ever down here as well. So when you're putting together your plans on, on what you're trying to achieve, how difficult is it when sometimes as you've just gone through the top 10 there that it can be a little bit difficult to, to gauge what will get the interest for people? Well, it's fascinating, isn't it? I think the way you social things, obviously you can clickbait a headline or anything like that. And that's... Um, I think that's probably what happened with Johnny Barker. You say, well, why does John Barker not want to coach again? Like it's just a fascinating little tidbit that doesn't pop up anywhere else because he's just on our shows and yes, yep. these sort of things. And then you get your Damien Hardwicks leaving and they're just completely different brights. They just blow open the world. Yeah, well, that's that, that's a massive one that everyone would be tuning into. And to get it first, uh, obviously, Tom Morris with that. But uh, it, it is interesting, as you say, that a lot of the, the, the niche sort of stories that are um, specific to SEN um, – 
uh, are highly regarded and highly followed, which is uh, a good sign for the digital platform. 100%. And then um, I've also got our Apple News numbers. So we've jumped onto Apple News over the last couple of years. And uh, it was good to see our semi, our prelim final coverage was really well taken care of on Apple. So two of our three highest Two of our three highest yarns on Apple News were Acres breaking Melbourne Hearts with the final goal of that semi-final, <laughs> semi-final, sorry, and then um, the all-time prelim that saw Collingwood advance by the barest of margins. Mm. That was um, that was our top story on Apple News for the year. Very good. Any other bits and pieces? Well, I actually want to talk to you about one thing real quick if we got time. Yeah, of course. Mitchell Johnson. So he's taken to Instagram today. We know what's happened with him over the last two weeks. And Bryce, I'll get you to weigh in on this as well. So he put on his Instagram story today, is Cricket Australia serious? Last week I was cancelled from two speaking engagements. This week I'm invited to celebrate with them in regards to an invitation to the 2024 Australian Cricket Awards. You just He's just the, the headline that keeps on giving at the moment. He is. Um, obviously he's a bit befuddled with uh, being canned one week and invited the next. Maybe the different departments. Um uh, Got lost. The reason he was cancelled was because he, he was a little hot to handle. Is that what was happening at the time? What's what's your knowledge on that, Whitey? I I personally think it was ridiculous that he was. Absolutely. I yep. mean, why, why can't I, he speak his mind? Well, you don't want people not being able to speak their mind. Yeah. You don't want you want people to be able to have opinions. You don't have to agree with the opinions, but it helps create interest in the sport. Now, as I understand it, Cricket Australia were worried that he might hurt David Warner or he might upset his teammates and all these sorts of things at events that the players weren't even going to be at anyway. It it didn't make a lot of sense. And I I, I have been really quite disappointed how that's all played out. As I said, I I think it's good that there are players out there that have played the game that want to actually give opinions. Now, Again, you don't have to agree with them, but it, it, they are discussion discussion starters. Yes, and if the particularly if the summary is going to be a bit one sided, they're the sorts of things that will gain a lot of exposure, a lot of attention. But at least we're talking about cricket and not talking about another sport at this time of year. So I think it's flared up once again. Yeah, that's today right. from in- Instagram. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Bryce. Did you think it was fair enough that he got cancelled from those engagements? No, not at all. I, I think it's good that people can speak their mind. And I don't mind that it's a little bit controversial. It, it's okay that he believes that Dave Warner, he saw it, that he set his end part. But Dave Warner and his manager has subsequently said, well, it was a hope that he would do that. That's where he would ideally like to do that, pending selection and what the team needs. And Dave Warner, you can't deny it. He's just a team player. He's mm. in it for the, the, the greater good of that team. So... Uh, and in um, Mitch's perspective, he thought, well, no, it's time to move on. You don't deserve that. Um, it's time to move on. Um, he did get a little personal um, but a, he about it as that well. He probably got too personal. Yeah. But I, because I, I actually agree largely with what Mitchell Johnson said. He mm. said, time to move forward. The, 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 he asked some good questions. It, he did. And, I, and I think it was absolutely fair and reasonable for him to ask those questions. For, for Cricket Australia to take that sort of stance, it actually has more people than taking Mitchell Johnson's side than David Warner's side. For sure. And I think Ed Cowan was one that was quoted saying 90% of Australia agrees with Mitchell Johnson. Yeah. So I, that's, I, I don't think it'd be far off that. Yeah. Um, but, but, but there's so many different parts to that. It's whether you like David Warner or not because of the way he plays, whether you like David Warner or not because of the conduct that he 
displays on the field, probably more so in the past than what he does now. There's the David Warner thing around sandpaper. There's the David Warner thing around if you decide that you are going to retire, do you get that opportunity to choose when that is? And there's also then that if you choose an end date, are you wasting opportunities to find the person to replace him? So there's there's a number of different things around David Warner. None of those are necessarily personal. It's just what would be the discussion that everyone would be having in a selection type process behind the scenes and what people would be talking about at the pub. I think the, it also raises the question, Whitey and Bryce, of why are there no other former past players with divisive opinions that are willing to air them? Like, well, probably because we just saw what happened when you do. <laughs> but, but like in the States, it's a completely different mindset that these people can just speak their minds and they're not... I think a bit of tall puppy syndrome plays into Australian culture a lot, especially yeah. in sports. But um, I, I think there, to answer that question, Seb, I think there is definitely... A situation where I'm interested in Bryce's view on this too is that, generally speaking, in in cricket circles, if you've played for Australia, you you don't criticise other people that played for Australia. Well, that was the editorial it's a, it's a in the that was the editorial thing. in the Western Australian today, saying Mitchell Johnson's not a sinker fan and he's not going to be, and our media is run by run by them, or so to say. So mm. so they say, which is um, yeah. Thoughts thoughts, Bryce? Uh, well, it's, it's more to come. And uh, but what do you think about that? Do you think that's the case? That that Australian players historically won't criticise Australian players once you're in the club that you tend to keep, you know look after each other and I, and I think as you commented I think there's a reason why because you get clipped it, Mitch Johnson's been clipped there by Cricket Australia he he uh, he goes and does talking things he's a great entertainer he's got a good mind he speaks his mind I, I think it's terrific and, yeah, and that he does do those things and then as soon as you're maybe not seen to be towing the party line you get put to one side I don't think that's particularly fair so that's why a lot of I guess past players aren't necessarily as outspoken as what Mitch is prepared to be but there's no written rules saying you're not allowed to bash former you're not allowed to bash current players no not at all oh, I no, think there good. is a bit of, I think there is a bit of an unwritten rule yeah okay I remember um, quite a few years ago now, um, Dirk Nannis, when he was working on another radio station that I was working at, uh, criticised uh, the Australian team and, and a lack of sportsmanship shown towards Ross Taylor, who scored a big double hundred in, in Actually, I think in, I remember the this, yeah. And he questioned the, 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 the lack of sportsmanship and he got hammered by the current playing group, but also the former playing group that were in commentary positions that had played for Australia. It's sort of like, you don't do that. You don't do that. And he got really rattled by it because he had formed an opinion and gave the opinion. And, um, you know, I I was part of that process. You think, geez, I didn't want to be Dirk Nannis at that time. I felt really bad for him. Yeah. But it was like this thing, this unwritten rule, you don't, you don't do that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You learn hard less than that day. Well, it'll be interesting to see the boundaries get pushed more and more as, yeah. as time goes on. Cause like you said, I think with the Langer situation as well, that was really the, the one time that we've seen past players really weigh in. They on. took a side. Yeah. It really took a side. And you mm. could see the two narratives playing out there yep. from the past players and from the, the current players. So but I wonder I, if we'll see more of that. I, I think so. Seb, how old are you? 23. Yeah. So I think the younger generation, so I'm exactly double your age, which is frightening, <laughs> but and I've been, you know, I've been in the media as long as you've been alive. But I think that there is definitely staying to be a change now is that the people from your generation are much more geared around how sport is covered in America 
than how it has been covered here in Australia. Mm. And it's that whole thing of podcasts. It's the whole thing of, you know, the digital consumption of media versus say a more traditional form. And you see the way it's done in America and you go, well, why isn't it done the same way here? Yeah. So well, I, I think it is a, a, a bit of it is a generational thing. For sure. And I'm, just to finish, I think one person that's really driving that really well is Kane Corns. Like if you listen to him speak and how he forms his opinions and says what he says, I think he's got a really strong idea of what he thinks the media landscape will look like in 20 years' time like it does in the States. Mm. And, um, and that's the kind of position he's, that he's taking. Mm. It's great. Um, it's great content. So, <laughs> well, this is his show, so he can do what he likes. Um, Seb, thanks very much for coming. Really appreciate it. Um, have a good Christmas and, and good luck with scn.com.au in, in 2024. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for having me. Terrific. Seb Mottram joining us on Sports Day. We'll be back with more after this.